0: Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. X-Ray Vision Part 11 by Elaine Mature Saturday Billy waiting for those two to get up took all the patience I had. Didn't want to be a nuisance. But they could sure spend a lot of time bonking. Dot. I guess I'm better with that now. I'd been raised to never speak of sex, never even hint about it in polite company, pretend people didn't fuck at all. But these two, they were at it all the time, completely, totally hang-up free, to the point of oversharing. I'm sure they'd be doing it all over the condo if I wasn't here. Pretty considerate of them to keep it in their room. I appreciate that. Dot. I thought I was a brassy, foul-mouthed woman of the world, but now I knew better. Jillian and the ladies could outswear and outembarrass anybody I'd ever known. I spent half of supper the other night blushing, listening and blushing. Greg, he was more like me turn red if anybody mentioned skin. Not a prude, not the way those two went at it. But just, shy, respectful. Probably thought of it as being a gentleman. I could get behind that. Gonna take me a while to get to even that point, but I was trying. Plenty of unwanted prudish thoughts in my head. I'd squash whenever they popped up which was still too often.so much to unstick. I'll get there. They were actually pretty quiet this morning. Made sense. All bonk out last night. I'd been kept up until nearly midnight waiting for the squeaks and thuds to quiet down. Ultimately Jillian appeared first, sleepy face and bed hair, in a bathrobe, probably his because it was twice too big for her. And ugly. Big guy gonna show this morning? I want a ride to a client. I can take my bike in the back, ride home after. A barn out in the county. I called last night, and arranged to meet this morning. Didn't want to show on a bike, made a better impression in the truck, professional. She nodded, not quite conscious yet, didn't hear anything I said, fumbling with the coffee gear. Staring at the switches like it was a NASA control panel, just holding the empty pot in one hand that I took it from her gently, filled it, poured it in the top, sat it on the burner. Dumped some grounds from the bag into a filter. Shut all the flaps. Press brew. She gave me a weak smile. Went around the counter. Flopped on a barstool. Greg was banging around. Doing something in his closet. Getting something out or putting something away I guess. This was taking too long. Greg! Jillian winced too loud. I moderated. I gotta get a... Client. This much quieter. He'd emerged now. Dressed but holding some dark leather shoes. Dress shoes. Oh. They were going out tomorrow night. Are these gonna work with my new linen shirt? That cotton jacket? He was really asking. I figure he's a fashion cripple. Lucky he has Jillian to dress him in the morning. The coffee was burbling, starting to drool vile brown poison into the pot. Jillian was fixated on it, didn't respond. Greg looked helpless, turned to me. What color? The jacket, he thought. Blue. Light blue. Onyx buttons. I shook my head. Brown shoes are out. You want black? He nodded, turned to go back. Can I get a ride? That stopped him. He considered. Sure, if it's not too far. We want to head out in an hour. Didn't argue. Questioned me about why I needed the truck. We were partners. He just believed me, accepted my need and ran with it. Sometimes I think Greg isn't real. This is some dream I'm having. Just 10 miles past the trailer park? Should be 15 minutes out. Drop me in my bike. You can head back. He nodded, sure, and disappeared into his bedroom. While he banged around, Jillian had become alert enough to realize she needed a cup. Was opening and slamming cupboard doors, all the wrong ones, over and over, getting frustrated. Let me. I squeezed past her, got a coffee cup from the drainer, filled it from the pot. Snagged the sugar shaker, set it down where she could get at it. She focused in on the coffee, put in far too much sugar, found a spoon first try, stirred to get the sludge off the bottom, get it dissolved. Stirred and stirred, mesmerized by the murky black surface, mind in neutral. Greg came out, black shoes in hand, a shoe shine kit I guess, anyway some chamois cloth and a tin of something. Let's do it! He sat the shoes on the counter. I took them off, put them on the floor by the stuffed chair. He would thanked me later. Snagged my notebook and we were out the door, leaving Jillian to her stirring. Getting into the passenger seat I suggested. Makes sense for me to get a license? He started the engine, got us going with a minimum of scraping and gear clashing. I guess. Long road, in this state? Gotta take the test, which means taking a class. Gotta be old enough, 16 for a permit, and then 50 hours driving with another licensed driver. Too much bother. Couldn't even get started until next year. Then driving with Greg or Jill or Nick for months. They hardly went anywhere, 50 hours might take another year. May I suggest a scooter? That sounded like a better deal. What license does that take? None. Small enough engine, no license needed, no insurance either. And the gas would be real cheap, those things get crazy mileage. That settled, I directed him up the hill, past the golf course, the trailer court, into the county on a blacktop road. Apparently, he was familiar, knew all the turns I read out from my notebook. Less than ten minutes later I spotted the mailbox, the lane down to a house and barn half a mile off in a field. How you want to play this? Drive me up to the front door, I get out, get my bike out. Say something loud and professional when they answer the door, they know I'm part of a business, not some rando with a bike. That made sense to him. We tooled down the lane responsibly, just a few miles an hour, pulled into the barnyard, stopped by the front door. I hopped out, got my bike, propped it against the garden shed. Knocked, when they answered he called out the open truck window. Call me if you need anything else, ma'am, and pulled away, laying it on pretty thick, but it's all about making a good impression. Good old Greg, we make a great team, Jillian. I'm back. Just a minute. Almost ready. Coffee drunk, shower and dressed for a day out I had on shorty shorts, wife-beater shirt with a flannel over it, layers, who knows what the weather was going to do. Cute as fuck if I do say so myself. You're wearing the hiking boots. I bent one leg, showed off my calf. Mrs. Kumar said they were good for rough terrain. I didn't know where you might take me. Or where you might make me walk anyway. He smiled his I love you smile, pleased with my sexy double talk. We don't have to go, you know? We could just stay here. He wrapped himself around me, cuddling. Tried to cup my breast smack. You'll spill the tea. I was filling a thermos with a pot of Billy's Black Angry Brew for the road. Gotta ask her where she got it. Smelled awesome. You tried the green stuff? Amazing. Mild aromatic, fills the senses. I made a face. I'm not so fond. Like a salad in a cup. You two are welcome to that stuff. He let me go, poked at the coffee maker. How about coffee? You drank the whole pot. Not upset, just concerned for me. I'd become a caffeine addict. A cup before work, three or four on the job, at lunch. Tea at dinner. Hasn't spoiled my sleep yet, not too badly anyway. I figured I'd burned it off, doing king with my sweetie. Gotta keep up with you, stallion. He found my lunchbox. A shoebox really, gotta get a proper picnic basket. He didn't have things like that, none of the graces of life. Just went around with plastic bags and repurposed cartons. Reused bread bag twisties for the trash bag. His frugality made me smile. Spend a fortune on shoes for me, balked at buying trash can liners. My goof dot he was peeking under the lid, at the lunch. Croissants, tin ham spread. Chicken salad from the deli. Those tasteless water crackers you like. Another hug, and a peck on the neck. He knew I loved him, I put up with his terrible food preferences. Remember the sunscreen. He nodded, glanced around, went to the utility room, pulled the bottle from behind the laundry soap. Handy having Mr. X-Ray Vision around saved a lot of hunting for stuff, and we were out the door. Locked up, Billy had her own key now. Let's drive downtown, do our walk over the north bridge and back, then we'll have a vehicle handy for your mystery tour? He'd hinted at some marvelous picnic spot he knew, things to see on the way. No details, said it would spoil the adventure. I slid in the driver's seat, I'd heard him pulling out this morning, wanted to save the old truck somewhere in tear. Took only a minute to get downtown, then two more finding a parking spot. Ended up in front of his bank. They wouldn't mind, he said, he knew the VP. Before we could head off, he insisted I go in with him. No idea why. He found a teller, Renee by her name tag, got some papers, waved me over. Just sign here, and here, and here. What am I signing? Joint ownership of Mr. Gregory's accounts, and authorization to make investments. I looked at Greg, dumbfounded. What's this about? You can't manage your own money? I was annoyed, not that he trusted me, but he was pushing money on me again that I still felt funny about that, about his inheritance. I didn't want to but I did dot he did his sad dog thing and my heart melted. I couldn't get mad at him for more than a second. We agreed you'd do the shopping, select products, make sensible purchasing choices. My banker keeps needling me, put the money in better funds, in CDs, stuff like that. I try to read the paperwork, I do, but it makes my head hurt. I just thought you might be able to take this job too, to sort it out so it wasn't just sitting there making simple interest. Well, put it that way. I did have more patience with shopping, price comparisons, risk and reward. Okay. I found capitulation easy when it was to please him and it would be an interesting thing to do. The sunshine came back to his face, I had to laugh. How did you ever manage before me? I held his chin, gave him a nose rub, took the offered pen and signed on the dotted line. Rene checked some boxes, put it all in a folder. Anytime you can spare Miss Jillian, I can go over some options, you can make some investment choices. At your convenience. Rene was being efficient and businesslike. I'll come in Wednesday after lunch. I generally took Wednesday to cruise the boardwalk anyway. Not gonna find anybody, now the tourists were largely gone. Plenty of time to spare for Rene. That done, we hit the sidewalk. Cross here, come back by the other bridge? I considered. We've been this way too many times. Let's follow the river up, find that bridge, see new sights. Sure. We turned north that I don't think Greg really cared where we went, as long as he went there with me. That made me unreasonably happy that we followed a trail that wandered close to the water, avoided traffic. The brush sometimes crowded in, made it challenging if a bike or dog walker was coming. Twice we had to step aside into a gap in the bushes, let someone pass. Greg always took this opportunity to feel me up. That time I'd screwed him up the creek by the shore, I'd unleashed a monster. Now he seemed ready to strip me and lay me down, anytime, place. Just as he had me between two lilacs, one hand up my shirt fondling my left tit, snogging, two college-age girls passed us. Giggled like crazy, one of them turning red, the other shouting encouragement. Get a room! Succubus! Smiling, not mean. And college-educated. In fact, the girls were holding hands, blushing girl had smeared lipstick. Been up to some snogging of their own that I pulled his hand out, put it on my hip. Is this your mystery tur? Lover's Lane? Gonna need a blanket or something, or no deal. Before Greg would have blushed, stammered something, apologized. But after Greg just gave me a loving horny look, fondled my butt, took my hand and led me back on the trail. To distract him, give him something to do, let him show off, I asked my usual question. What do you see? He looked me over, leered. I see you aren't wearing any underwear. I grabbed his chin, turned his head the other way, toward the shore. In the river, lover boy. He relented, got his looking but not with his eyes expression. I see an old artillery cannon, Civil War? The barrel blocked with lead. Wooden wagon wheels, the iron bands rusted nearly through Dumped here, deep in the mud now, but why? Those usually sit in a park for decades, getting covered in bird shit That storm drain, on the other bank, brick arch with the iron grate It goes back, way back, several blocks before I lose it Opens up under that empty lot Maybe used to be a water-pumping station Anyway, the chamber is home to bats, thousands of bats They come out at night, eat the bugs, keep the mosquitoes in check I shivered, leaned into him Sure, I can appreciate our little bug-eating friends, but bats creep me out I've watched too many old monster movies that he hesitated. I prompted him. What is it? Bodies? Evidence of old crimes? A torture chamber? He was always telling me about gross things, until I'd made it clear I wasn't interested in that stuff. Nothing like that. It's just private. I don't want to be a peeping Tom. Oh. Sexy stuff. Tell. Tell. I can keep a secret. He seemed to think that was okay. After all, we were a couple, no secrets between us. Pillow talk. Fucking. Saturday morning, everybody fucks. Every fourth or fifth house, in the bedroom, in the kitchen, the backyard. In that house, two couples. Mom and dad in their bedroom. Been going at it a while. She's pretty, um, covered. And in their daughter's room, a boyfriend, apparently came in the window, now coming in her. Jesus. That's a lot. And some more. Not done yet. Wow. Still going, still going. There. No. He's off again. He tore his gaze away from that one. Still some decency in him. I haven't debauched him completely. A young lady giving a blowjob in the bathroom of that apartment, third floor, to an older gentleman. She spent the night but I don't think she lives there. A sleepover? Um, nah. I service call, I think, judging from her clothes, her handbag. Oh. A professional woman. Contracted for the whole night. She okay? She was well paid, if that's what you mean. Two hundred in her purse, and a whole roll of condoms. At least a dozen spread around the apartment, used, who knew an old guy would have the stamina. That seemed too funny. I mean, why not? Good for him. He paid for it, getting his money's worth. Other people are sleeping in, making breakfast. Kids up early playing video games before the parents make them do chores. Do kids still do chores on Saturday morning? I admitted I didn't know. I'd done chores all my life, just live and help to most foster parents. Normal families, I had no idea. Point one house, he stopped, looked quite a while. Big place, two stories, double lot. Two car garage, I could see several cars in the drive, more on the street. Give. He was quiet for a bit longer, until I elbowed him. Uh, that one in orgy? Must have started Friday night, been going on all night, mostly over now. Sticky bodies all over the house, asleep on the couch, on mats, five people tangled on a big bed upstairs. A room full of mattresses in the basement, wall to wall, a dozen women in there, only three guys, all naked. They must be exhausted. Mostly over? A couple still going at it, upstairs closet, doggedly, and I mean doggedly. She's asleep on her feet, on her knees anyway, on the rug, head between some coats, hands on the carpet, ready to keel over, swaying to some music I imagine. He's behind her, still hard, pumping away like a zombie, a bottle of something very alcoholic in one hand, a cigarette in the other, alternating. Sploogey condoms everywhere, and I mean everywhere. In the beds, trash cans, on the kitchen counter, all over the carpet, down the sofa cushions. In the garage, in the cars, on the lawn. One still inside a girl, must have come off when her guy pulled out. Safe sex, good for them. Oh, I don't know. Two of the women are pregnant, a couple months. Can't have been all that careful. Anyway, good luck to them. The sex room needs a good scrub, stains on every surface, even the back of the door. The ceiling. Some old ones, lots of new ones. Gotta smell like a locker room high-heeled shoe, down behind the bar fridge. Gonna be looking for that one a long time. We should leave a note. Shoes can be expensive. He looked at me, surprised. Why? Because he never thought of doing that. Or because I was concerned about the poor girl that lost the shoe, less so about the pregnant ones. Bitches got knocked up. That was life. But losing a good shoe, well, that was a tragedy doubt we left the sex party behind, continued upriver to our destination. The old north bridge, rebuilt from the wooden one built in the 1800s, Greg said the burned-off piers were still down there. The new one was cement, jetting square lampposts built into the structure, cement rails with layered rectangular designs, squares within squares inset into the broad flat sides. Pure art deco. Massive piers underneath, really stone and steel inside but faced in brick and then plastered. I knew more about construction being with Greg than I ever guessed I'd learn. Anything in the piers? Secret rooms? Nope. Just steel, solid fill, brick, plaster. Oh, some tiny mammal skeletons. Mice and rats are always getting stuck in fresh cement, fallen at night, dig themselves deeper struggling, drown. That wasn't so lovely. I put it out of my mind dot we were standing on the span now, halfway across, paused to look out over the water. I didn't need to ask. He started right in. A crate of railroad spikes. with iron bands. Probably standard rail issue. Just tipped over the side of the bridge at some point, broke on impact. Spikes spilled in a fan, buried in the mud. Never moved again. They're heavy, stuck there for good. A concentration of purses and pieces of purses a purse snatch or ditching the evidence. No money in them, no coins in the mud. Looted and tossed. Lots of designs going way back. Six grocery carts, two bicycles, a few license plates, some broken crockery, and a DeSoto hubcap from 1955, I think. Sexy Civil War stuff? I was remembering that safe, the postcards, the sex toys. Nope. Here they dredged the channel when they rebuilt the bridge, early 1900s. So only more modern stuff. I pouted, somehow the old, old stuff was more fun. To think people were just as randy and careless way back then, made history seem more real. Treasure? He nodded. The usual coins tossed in for luck. Some votive offerings. Lots of religions they toss pictures, statuettes into the water as gifts to their gods, or for luck. Something stony. I think it was a piece of jewelry. The metal corroded away, but the stones remain, shiny, colorful, embedded in mud, in a circular pattern. Large ones in the center, little ones around. Might have been valuable, who knows? A jilted lover? A painful reminder? We would never know. Any cool wildlife? I don't know why I asked that dot he looked at me with new respect. Yes. A turtle, a big one. Likes to cruise the bank underwater, snap up frogs, birds that get too close. Been here oh, since I was a little guy, just learning this stuff. Probably been here since Jefferson was in office. He's over by the third pier now, waiting for that grackle to get careless. How big? He held his arms out, wide as he could. Jeez. Remind me never to get too close to the bank. I could lose a toe. Time to take our drive. Billy something didn't feel right, from the first moment at the door. Vicky answered Aaron's wife, didn't say a word, just stood blocking my way, pointed to the barn. Red-headed school age kid peeking from behind, skinny, curious. Dressed in too small shirt, scuffed shoes, through the knee blue jeans. Fashion? Kids these days. I thanked Vicky anyway though she reeked disapproval. Picked my way through the weedy farmyard to the monitor-style barn. Big center barn part with two wings for livestock. Aaron was in there. Once I found the people door he was easy enough to find. All one open space in the center, ten stories tall. Tools on one side, parts rack on the other. Big car-sized empty space in the middle. He was just sitting on a stool, leg jiggling, waiting, anxious. Billy? Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I came in yesterday, after a parts run, and it was just gone. I could see the unopened boxes on a bench, shiny, steel, clean as a professional garage, polished. In fact, the whole place was spotless, not an oily rag or stray washer anywhere. Not like any barn I'd ever been in. And that was a lot of barns. I asked for my fee, got a check. Don't want to do any more freebies, got to make this job pay. Fish or cut bait, as my old man used to say. You don't lock the door? There hadn't even been a latch on the big slidey door. Just a rope handle. Shook his head. No reason. Nobody comes out here. Nobody that would do this. Nobody knows what I got in here what I had. He looked ready to cry. I got business-like, not gonna play therapist to a soft-hearted motorhead. What time did you leave? Get back? I clicked my pen, started making notes, all sleuthy and professional. He told me. He'd been gone most of the afternoon. Fall, wasn't he running a farm? The animals, the fields need tending this time of year. Most farmers are busy as shit. Anybody here? Could have seen something? Kid in school, Vicky was over at my brother's. He's got a new kid. Again, farm wife was a busy life. No time to go visiting, not in the fall garden produce to put up, mending to do on school clothes, parent-teacher meetings, house to convert to cold weather, winter clothes to swap for summer, wash and mend. At least, back in Idaho. Things were different here. So much was different. I'd have to learn fast. So, what was it? How big? How old? I was fishing for any detail that would explain a stranger making their way to a lonely barn shop, hoping to find a legendary treasure. A 77 Dodge Dart. Was my dad's. I drove it all through high school. My baby. That set me back. Not a treasure, just a family heirloom. Valuable only to somebody who remembered it fondly No way was a dodge dart worth stealing Not for parts, not as a classic car Just a junker getting rebuilt Essentially worthless I was ready to throw it in Say too bad, so sad, go get another one Have to be one in the junkyard just as good But be professional Billy Did it run? He shook his head That's the thing I had the tranny out, was a tooth chip in first gear Had to go get Bushing's special order, a ring and. I nodded, half listening to his motor talk Making polite noises at the right places Doodling on my pad so why take a worthless project car from a remote barn? When the owner was away, how did they even know? Stakeout, waiting for hours in the bushes, he leaves and now's my chance. Unlikely. Also, you could see for miles out here, no place to hide. That left car buddies pulling a prank, winding him up over some grudge or on a bet. Or family. Resentful family. H.M. I decided. Aaron? The ground is too hard to leave traces. Even a trailer hauling a car wouldn't leave tracks on a gravel road. Not so's you can tell. I'm gonna case the area. Brought my bike so I can go places a car can't. Clever me, explaining by bike as an investigation tool. I'm thinking it's still local, still in the area. In another barn, behind a farmhouse, waiting for the heat to cool off. If it is, I'll find it. He looked relieved, completely buying into my Dick Tracy double talk. Still imagining his DD was worth something to international car thieves, some big conspiracy afoot. I left him unboxing his parts, some confidence returned. He'd wanted to come with me, but I convinced him he was too well known, would alert the thieves. And he probably would. If it was who I thought it was. I stopped in the house before I left. One last try with Vicky. She answered immediately, probably looking out the window, waiting for me. So, he's all broken up over his precious junker? I smiled a crooked smile, half-sympathetic, half-patient investigator. Guys can be extra attached to their cars. She looked ready to respond to that, caught herself. Did you happen to see anything, coming or going yesterday? Anybody hanging around? A car parked on the road where it shouldn't be. Strong negative. See anybody on the road, walking or on a bike? I knew the answer, was just baiting her, waiting for her to spill something. I don't see shit out here. Nobody ever comes out but his car buddies. They ignore me, Katie. They make a beeline for the barn, spend hours in there, drink a brick of cores, leave drunk. I hardly even see Aaron. Hardly know what he looks like anymore. And he sure doesn't know what Katie is up to, what she's doing. Doesn't care. This was one bitter wife. Could I blame her? I didn't try to reassure her. She was probably right, married to a car guy and all. Not my problem. I was here to find that car. You were over at his brother's? How far is that? She looked sharply at me, decided to answer anyway. Georgie has his own place. Six miles, out on old reformatory road. Takes ten minutes each way. No, I didn't see anybody on the way or the way back. Confirmed what I was thinking. Thank you, ma'am. I think I'll be out of your hair today, have this issue closed. She seemed to bristle at that. And charge an arm and a leg. For nothing. More money down the drain. I couldn't blame her. That barn shop looked like it cost plenty. Katie's ragged clothes, two sizes too small, look different to me now. Not fashion, not hardly. Poor kid. I fetched my bike, headed down the drive. Turned back toward town, Reformatory Road was a turnoff we passed on the way here. Found it in fifteen minutes. Cruised down the blacktop checking mailboxes every mile or so. When I got to six miles, I found one that could be its same last name on the mailbox, G for Georgie maybe. I went slowly down the lane, shorter than Aaron and Vicky's, maybe a quarter mile. Casing the joint. House and six buildings, three too small for my purposes. That left a cattle shed, a pig farrowing house, a hay barn. Only one with a door big enough was the hay barn. I rode up to it, on its own dirt lane apart from the rest. On a hillside drive-in ramp on top, deliver hay. Open, nothing in there but hay. But down below, stone foundation, a stable once upon a time, accessed from the pasture side. I ditched the bike, walked down the slope, scoped it out. Double door, big enough. A people door, too. I tried that. Locked. Why? I put my hands to my face, shielded from the morning sun, peeped in the big door crack. Took a while for my eyes to adjust, really black in there, underground on three sides and just a dirty half-window for light on the front. But in a minute I confirmed my guess. An 18-foot trailer, four-wheeler, gooseneck hitch. And on that, a derelict car. No hood. Lots of putty on the chassis. A dodge dart. On the way back I planned how to address this. Did Vicky know? Was it her idea, or his brother's? Was the brother just a reluctant recruit to the crime? It had to be the both of them. Vicky had to see what was going on. His brother did the deed under her nose. It was a crime, but nobody was going to go to jail. All in the family, no sheriff would touch this with a 10-foot pole. They'd let them fight it out. In the end I figured Aaron was my client, I had to come clean with him. He wasn't in the barn. As I tooled up to Vicky and Aaron's I could hear loud voices from the house. The door stood open. I waited for an opening in the conversation. You love that car better than your family. I love you. Accompanied by a hurt look. Like you can fix somebody else's feelings by telling them they're wrong. Guys. Prove it. Spend time with us. Stop leaking money like water. Get your head in the farm business. There are crops to bring in. The combine needs parts too. I just got that part. Yesterday. I'll get to it. I was prioritizing. Stubborn. She wasn't having any of it. Katie needs shoes, clothes. Everything. Where does that come in your priorities? Dead last. That one stung. I could see him back off like he was slapped. The truth is pretty heavy sometimes, hits hard. She could have gone in for the kill. To her credit she changed her tone. I need you here Aaron, with me, working together. Not hiding in the barn. Not drinking with your buddies. Not gabbing in the auto parts store. We may not be as fun or interesting as all that. But we're real, we're here for you, we want to be a family and not just, roommates. Time for me to make my entrance, before they noticed I'd been listening. Knock, knock. I'm back. Here for my check. You pay me, I'll be on my way. Aaron looked dumbfounded. Cruel to hit him while he was down, but hey, that's business. But, but, what about my car? I looked at Vicky, she turned her head, stubborn, not gonna say. Aaron looked at me, at her, me again, mouth hanging open, the only one in the room not getting it. Then wham! He figured it out. Face clouded up, looking incredulous and maybe mad at Vicky. Pulled my check from his pocket. Handed it over without looking at me. Still staring at Vicky. Should I? This was a clusterfuck from the start. I took his check. Handed it to Vicky. A little salute. And I'm out the door. Vicky's last look was victorious. Scoring one on her dumbass husband. Not gonna hold up much hope for those two. Not unless they start laying their cards on the table. Getting on my bike I heard the last from them. Strangers are paying for your kids' school clothes now? Is that how a good dad does it? You caused this. I could have bought a whole exhaust assembly with that money. We could have bought shoes for your little girl and I was out of range, thank God. Made me think, as I pedaled back toward the shore. My folks said money troubles are at the heart of marriage problems. I think it's more than that, it's care and attention. Spend the time and effort you got a chance. This one didn't hit me like some of the others. Sad family not working very well. But all there's to play for, win or lose, balls in their court. I still had the advance in my pocket. That was something, half a fee. I guess I've given away my cut again. More than my cut, part of that was for overhead, we're partners now. Greg would try to, well, he would just accept my decision share in the loss. Not sure I was gonna let him. My partner can be too soft sometimes. Jillian. After the crowded river walk, it was relaxing to leave the city behind, strike out into the hills. On a Saturday morning, the only car on the road, everybody else in town shopping or at a ball game or whatnot. Truck dash still not delivering much air Greg says a fountain pen fell in the vent, jamming up the flapper thingy, stuck between recirculate and fresh air. Gonna take a mechanic to get the dashboard out, unhitch the vent pipes and retrieve the dang ballpoint. Anyway. Once you're cruising outside town it's time to roll down the windows, rest an elbow and let your hair down. I learned that years ago, driving a pickup on gravel, doing errands for the dog kennel. Something about sunshine and fresh air, birds and cattle in the fields and grass on every hill. Greg was just watching me, missing the view, like a lovesick puppy. What's got into him? Been extra sappy lately? Not that I mind. Sappy Greg is all soft and funny and loving, lets me put my feet in his lap and get a foot rub anytime I want. I could get used to Sappy Greg pretty easy. What do you see? My standard opening line gets him talking. He scanned the hillsides, the creeks, the tree line. Not carefully, more like he'd been here before, was reacquainting himself. Things growing! Not just above ground but below too. That old building, broken parking lot? Was a gas station, closed and never removed the gas tanks, still down there, rusted and leaking. Don't worry! The fungi are having a ball, feasting on hydrocarbon chains, digesting it slowly and renewing the soil. Doesn't it get into the groundwater? I'd heard there could be rivers of water underground, and it was important not to let stuff get into it, poison it. The hills slope gradually to the sea. Rainwater sinks in the top, goes deep, clear and clean and feeding the land from below. Pushing contaminants gradually over, down, a long plume, diluting, nurturing bacteria and fungus, encapsulating or digesting. Not much gets past Mother Earth if you give her time. There it was, Greg getting sappy again. He saw me smiling my fond smile, tilted his head, raised an eyebrow. I didn't have to say anything, just leaned in, pecked him on the cheek. So, there's a whole nother ecosystem down there? I imagined a subterranean world operating completely separate from what we saw on top. Kind of. The trees grow deep, their ancient root systems are part of all that. They're communicating through their roots, through the air. No, I can't see that, I read it in high school. Those black gum over there? They grow in groves, there's more underneath than above. A single grove is like one big organism, all tangled and interconnected. Goes down deep, thins out until I can't tell where it ends. He indicated a turn ahead, just a field drive, a dirt track across a pasture. The truck was up to it, I just shifted down, started to climb up the ridge. We topped the rise and the world opened out, we could see for miles. Ranks of hills marching across down to the city to see So much sky Wow You weren't kidding This is amazing We parked in the shade under a cottonwood tree A giant from the old settler days Several stories tall Squarish frame and big Broad trunk Some scars from old branch breaks Some wild storm in the past tearing at it Ripping branches off A survivor I got the picnic basket slash shoebox Greg rummaged Found the thermos A blanket A bottle Led me to a spot he seemed to know was there Grass thick and bent Like a lumpy carpet Soft under our feet Laid out the blanket. I set out the basket he'd added some weird cheese, some crackers with all sorts of bits baked in. Also, some simple townhouse, for me, if I couldn't handle his fancy stuff. Croissants, chicken salad sandwiches from the deli, a tub of coleslaw, some pickles. A feast. We unpacked, unwrapped, shared it out. Dug in, all our attention on the food. Our morning walk had left us hungry. I sipped his wine from a paper cup, nibbled at one of those gnarly crackers garlic and dill. Not bad. My awareness returned to our surroundings as my blood sugar recovered. You knew this place? Been here before? He nodded, sipped, arranged his thoughts. Cheap entertainment. A day away from the break factory, the flower shop. We came here a lot, before mom got sick. Just one time after that, dad tried to make a special day, but mom just wasn't up to it, and we left early. I didn't come back for years. Remembering that last time, mom hurting, her insides bruised and leaking from the... It was awful, the worst part. I scooted over, got behind him, wrapped my arms around him, let him lean into me. He let me support him, so he could say the next part. But recently I started to remember it more, from before, when everything was good. Dreamt about it. Running in the grass, rolling down the slope. Mom and dad laying up here, laughing and taking naps in the shade. Sitting in mom's lap, falling asleep and waking up in the back of the car, on the road headed home. I'm glad you brought me here. It's beautiful. Let's make some more beautiful memories. He sighed, nodded. Turned his head so I could reach his face, hold his cheek, kiss him. That's a good start. Is it good for you out here? Not too much to see? There's plenty to see. Remember, it's not distance, it's the stuff adding up, the complexity that sets my limits good stuff, though. Peaceful. So, you can see all the way to the city? That would be impressive. He shook his head. The land has its details structure. This cottonwood? Its roots go half a mile in several directions, like water pipes, out and down deep, to the water table. Why cottonwoods can get so big, live so long, survive so much? Drought, heat, flood? That was a little disturbing. This tree had roots under us? Down to that creek, under the road, like a net. Dig a hole deep enough, find a cottonwood root. No human marks out here? Just nature? Plenty of marks. Settlements used to dot the countryside, a farm of 40 acres was considered average. Nowadays it's all corporations, whole sections with maybe one house left. But from here, I can see traces of old farmsteads, half a dozen easy. They're everywhere. Rows of fence posts, rotted off but the stumps still in the ground. Stone foundations, the house long gone, burned out but the stone remains. Some flowers growing where flowers shouldn't grow, the remains of an old farm garden, wild now. Old wells dug down to water. Sometimes the only water for miles, that close to the surface, some clay or rock formation that brought the groundwater up. All the time I've come out here, I only ever saw a few dry holes. Why is that, do you think? Did they have an intuition for well digging? Maybe something about the plants growing above. He shook his head. Back then, you wanted a well, you hired a dowser. A guy with a willow stick, he'd wander around, pretend to follow the stick, stop and say dig here. That didn't make sense. Was he pulling my leg? They can't have just been lucky. To be right so often. It was more than chance, I'm sure of it. I think. I waited. He was about to admit something important. He cleared his throat, began again. Like he was afraid I'd laugh. I would never laugh. He is my Greg and I would never laugh. I think maybe some of those old dowsers were like me. Bombshell. I scooted around, looked him in the face, eyes wide. It could be true. It had to be true. Yes. That makes sense. But how did they learn it? They didn't have your mother to get them through the hard part, the night terrors. They had to do it on their own. He relaxed, more confident. There was not much to see out here back then. Just stuff underground, or the weather. Maybe they didn't get scared when it happened, when it started. Just like a dream, they'd start to see more, just critters and tree roots and rocks. No cars to terrify them. No city. No airplanes, only a few people. It makes sense. He was getting into it now. The old almanacs, pamphlets talking about the weather and good places to plant, to dig, to hunt, they were relied upon, believed. Maybe because, because they were right, written by people who could see, who knew for sure. And prospectors, there were some who could find the vein, the gold or whatever, when most folks would have given up. Kept digging until they hit paydirt. People like that, the stories are everywhere that was a lot to think about. If there were more like Greg back then, why there would be more now? Other people, who could see, he must have already thought of that, been thinking it for years. Kept it to himself, but not now, now he told me, his true love. Because I mattered, and because I wouldn't think he was crazy, I would believe him. Maybe we'll look for another one, sometime. When you're ready. He nodded, clearly not ready now. But willing, maybe because I was here, with him I laid back, put my hands under my head. We didn't talk for a bit, just watched the clouds. Any people out here now? I had a reason for asking. He leaned on his elbows, scanned. Nope. Well, a couple miles over there, a farmhouse, family in the garden, getting it ready for winter. What are they like? Really curious. Oh, loving and laughing and giving concern. It's low stress out here, you don't need much. Healthier stomachs, guts. Stronger muscles, tougher bones from being outside so much. A slower life somehow, more deliberate. That sounded good, sounded fine. What I want for my children. Any treasure? Buried and forgotten? He grinned at me, always hoping for buried treasure. Kind of. There's an old mansion, built by a guy who married six Indian women, to get the payments from the BIA. Built it to house his wives and dozens of kids. Later abandoned, claimed by the state, used as an AG station by the extension service for a while, empty for years now. That was interesting. Is it in ruins? Needs a chimney sweep. Tuck pointing. Some wood shakes replaced. Windows weather-stripped. Furnace replaced. But otherwise sound, framed in native dimensional lumber, huge beams and thick oak floorboards. Pegs and old square nails. Might be big enough. He grinned again, knew where this was going. It'd be expensive. Millions. Didn't sound like much of an obstacle to me. Room for our whole clan someday. Enough room? Four stories plus the basement. A dozen bedrooms. Two giant chimney stacks. Eight fireplaces on each one. Even more. A room under the basement, full of furniture, old stuff. The steps blocked by a kitchen remodel, when they put in a commercial kitchen, when it became an AG station. Nobody left alive knows it's there. Anything interesting? He scanned thought. Nuh, dusty old Indian artifacts, probably his dowry when he married those six local women. On racks, in trunks. Leather, beads, beaded leather. Feathers, metal bangles. Jackets, skirts, blankets, lots of blankets. Baskets, piles of baskets. Musical instruments, rattles and drums. Knobby stick things, drawers of them. Masks on the walls, big eyes like anime characters. Bundles of junk arrowheads, sticks, minerals wrapped in leather. My silly Greg never knows treasure when he sees it. That would pay for the house. Probably not the land. He looked dubious, let it drop. Knows better than to contradict his smart girlfriend. I'd been right more than once. Tell me about the wildlife that had gotten good results back at the river. All that stuff underground, plus moles and gophers and snakes and tortoises, none very deep. In the air, birds nesting all over. Grackles everywhere, roving flocks, scavenging grain, falcons in the high places, even in the city. Feasting on the grackles. Surprising how they adapt to our settlements, the changes we make. I could get an answer to the old question. I'd wondered all my life. Ever seen a baby pigeon? You see adults everywhere but never babies. He nodded. Every spring. In their nests. Don't leave until nearly full grown. They're up there, in the city under the eaves on roofs. Ah. So now I knew. On a roll. Giant alligators in the sewer? He snorted. Nope, a myth. Disappointment. Sometimes knowing Greg took the excitement out of things. More like caiman, little guys, just a foot or two. I guess their growth is limited by the cramped environment. Like goldfish grow only to the size the aquarium permits. Was he kidding me now? Nope, serious. I closed my mouth, so I didn't look like a gate-jawed rube. What's the furthest you can see from here? Not in space. That's cheating. He looked back the way we'd come, toward the coast. Got quiet. The ocean in the distance. I can kind of ignore the city. Too much there. Look over it. From this height you can actually just make out the water on the horizon. I squinted, convinced myself maybe I could see it too. What's it look like? Just water? He considered, wasn't going to answer, remembered who he was talking to. Sometimes, I see something vast, in the water. Not one thing, sort of a large, coordinated living. Too big to be more than an impression. Like, like, millions of parts, but also one thing. In the water, all moving together, going deep. I'm going to have to get used to my mind being blow, loving this guy. He was worth it, sure, but the stuff he hit me with, almost daily. Jesus. couldn't absorb all that at once, gonna have to change the subject. Easy with Greg. I stood up, stripped off my wife-beater, tossed it in the grass. The sun, the breeze felt so sweet on my skin, and used to being exposed. My nipples wrinkled up, sensitive, happy. Greg stood so I kissed him, tugged his shirt out of his pants, pulled it up over his head. He raised his arms up, being all cooperative. It joined my shirt. His fur moved slightly, teased by the wind. Like some mythical beast. He looked like he belonged here, was born to the prairie. Unbuckled, let his pants drop, stepped out. No skivvies. He had plans. Well, good, so did I. Went to slip out of my shorts. He held my wrists, brought it up, kissed it. Took my shorts in hand, knelt, tugged them down, passed my knees, calves off my feet one at a time, looking at me the whole time, admiring my bared stomach, my legs. Laid them on the growing pile. Added his pants that we're standing naked now, the breeze on our skin. Nothing between us and infinity but grasslands and sky, earth and clouds. And that enormous ecosystem of living things underground, unsuspected, vast. Was that sexy? Exciting. Being part of all of that. Standing in the grass that was just the tip of the living iceberg. Two more tiny living things connected by the soles of our feet to all that below. The only ones that knew what that world contained. All of it. Being part of it. He kissed me. Hands at his sides. Not touching me, but for his lips. His breath. So, so intimate. I put my hands on his shoulders. He winced. Turning him. His shoulder was black and blue. Where did those bruises come from? He grimaced. Billy keeps punching me. Ah. Well, you deserve it, I'm sure. He swung his arm and spanked. A thrill ran from my butt up my spine. Ah. Uh, oh. Do that again. That was definitely sexy. Greg didn't took my hand instead, went to pull me down with him. But once I got into the grass prickles, he solved it, laid back, pulled me up on top of him. His fur protecting him from the dry grass, his body protecting me. I folded up like a frog, all neatly on top of him. Sun on my back, wind tickling the tiny hairs, warm and sexy. Just lay there. Happy dot we nuzzled for a short time, but I got a pain in my tummy. His dick getting all stiffy and hard and nowhere to go. You expecting something big guy? Get me alone out on the prairie, naked, nobody for miles. Nobody to hear me scream. Gonna take advantage of me, all helpless and vulnerable. Oh, you're going to scream all right. He smacked my bottom again, hard. So I screamed loud. yeah. You mean mean man. Keep that up and I'll have to. He grimaced at my shriek, right in his face, smacked my butt again. I ended with an eep. Felt the wet starting to flow. Shouldn't waste that. Water was precious out here. Sat up on his stomach, straddling, lewd, the grass wasn't really that bad on my legs. Scooted up his body. Got my cooch over his face thought he was ready for me. Wrapped his arms around my thighs. Fingers just reaching my sexy bits to tug my lips apart. Started tonguing me. Oh. Oh yeah. You keep that up big guy. Get it in there. Lick higher uh yeah like that. Woohoo. Uh-huh. He was slurping and slobbering now. All wet from my juice trickling onto his face. Into his mouth. My lips. My crack. Sticking his tongue into my wet hole from time to time. Not getting my clit yet. Have to fix that dot I turned my hips. Got my clit on his chin. Started grinding there. He changed tactics. Opened wide. Got his lips on it. Sucked. Shit. Bastard. Fuck. Do that again. So, he did it again, taking his time, sucking a little, then a little more, then chewing on my clit with his lips, mumming my clit around, smashing it, tongue wandering over my wet crack. Gave a long hard sleep. And I came. Jesus pussy sucking cunt fucker. Eat me. Eat that. Gaia. I released quite a bit of juice onto his face, he started gagging, swallowing, letting it flow around his mouth. MY legs shook so hard, my stomach was jiggling like jello. I stiffened, screamed again, let it all out, let the whole world know Greg was making me come, I clenched, doubled over, spasming, then fell back like the electricity had been turned off, let my crotch come off his face, let him breathe, got my legs unkinked, laid out straight over his shoulders, shuddered a bit, let that orgasm just have me, when I quit vibrating, the chills ceased running up and down my sides, oh Greg, it's better out here, like you just want to come and come, and not care that the whole world can see you coming, I wouldn't know, never came out here before, he sat up. Wiped his mouth with the back of one hand, grabbing my hips, leaned forward between my legs, intending to violate me I put a palm on his chest, disengaged, scooted back to the blanket, found a comfortable spot Took his hand, pulled him up on his knees over me On the first date you brought out here to fuck? You were missing out, young man Didn't miss anything Got everything I ever needed right here There, sappy Greg back again, my sweet lover I smiled, spread my knees out lewdly, wiggled my hips We both know you mean my pussy Come and get it, cuntfucker God it felt good to be outside on a hilltop, yelling out lewd sexy talk with Greg, to the world. He looked consternated. I'd spoiled his sappy romantic mood. No matter. I grabbed his dick with both hands, started pumping it, felt it throb and grow. He adapted very nicely, closing his eyes briefly, opening again with a new look. Lust. I aimed him toward my wet lips, tugged. His hips moved like they were independent of him, his torso following after, slave to his sex seeking dick. He found my hole, and God bless him, went gently, in and out with little strokes, treating me like fragile china, just gonna take his time, not stretch me unnecessarily, tender, and kind. Sappy and It felt good, too good. Somehow today everything felt better. Probably the fresh air and sunshine. But this wasn't gonna be how it went down. That I arched my back, raised my hips, up on elbows and heels and thrust. Onto him, spearing myself with his jetting member. Jesus. That thing was big. Only part of it fit. He closed his eyes briefly again. Opened them. Full attention on my body now. No longer his delicate Jillian but now his sex tool. Hands on my hips, clamped on like iron. Began pulling and pushing, holding me off the ground. A convenient height for his fun, manipulating my body using my pussy as his cock sleeve jerk-off fuck-toy, his big sausage just raping my cunt for his own pleasure. Jesus! fuel work. Stick it! Fuck my ha-ha-ha-goddamn-fucker-ha-ha! Ha. I couldn't think enough thoughts to put together any good sexy talk, what with that coney dog shoved up inside me, further and further, under that perfect blue sky, this hairy man gripping my hips, sticking his dick through my pelvis into my guts, again and again. I held myself up on toes and elbows as long as I could, helping him fuck me, keeping my slickery hole aligned with his thrusts, each grunting jab going way up into me. Filling me like a mail order toy then pulling out, my cunt like a pouting mouth trying to hold onto him, stretching out around his length, clutching and sucking at him, then inside out again on the next thrust. I gave up, muscles worn out from that position, tried to let myself down on the blanket, but he was having none of it. Just held my pelvis up to his crotch, let the rest of me flop on the blanket crazily. He labored away silently, purposefully, mechanically, working his dick. Working my fuckhole, sweaty from the sun and the effort and from his prick stuck. Way inside a girl on a blanket on a hilltop in the middle of nowhere, of everywhere, a hawk circling overhead, a girl who was coming again. Fucker! fuck 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 me just a grimace at my shriek he ignored my wriggling and bucking and screaming fully intent on pronging me holding my hips in his cruel grip actually slowed down the fucker which made it worse made it so much better closed his eyes and thrust deep in my hips and i could feel him coming way back inside impossibly deep in my belly feel that fuckstick jammed in me pumping like a cartoon fire hose rippling and dumping his cum all of it both nuts clenched tight and depositing his entire seed in me gonna knock up this foolish girl on the blanket he'd brought out here to fuck ignoring my squeals and cries and fists pounding his chest grabbing at his fur tearing at him because this was too much oh so much more than ever before my sex clenched and clutched at him so big in me my eyes rolling up i didn't want to but they did and it ached never mind that he's inseminating me gonna be pregnant for sure gonna be a baby this time i knew it without any doubt knew it deep inside no going back i'm gonna be a mom have this brute's brat his one foolish grabby beautiful love child i came crying sobbing joyful Happy and complete, and in love with this amazing man with the amazing dick, his beautiful mind, his amazing tender loving graces. Oh, and that superpower, surely the least interesting thing about him anymore. Saturday night Gregory we napped on the hilltop too long. Until clouds came over and we got chilled, naked on that blanket, smeared wet and sticky. Jillian had shaken me, woke me from my nap. Hey stud! I gotta go, get to sister's night. I tried it on with her then but only got my hands slapped away, a smooch and she'd hopped up, thrown my clothes at me. I just watched her get dressed, too sexy to look away, until she'd gotten impatient. Get dressed, horn dog! Pack up the things! I'm leaving in five minutes with or without you. Abandoned naked and sex smeared miles from home did not actually appeal to me, so I got dressed, bundled everything up in the blanket, and laid it in the back of the truck. She was turning over the engine as I hopped in and buckled up. She'd showered, changed, and disappeared in record time when we got back, not a moment to spare for me, shot off in her truck again. Leaving me with a sassy teenager and a gross crumb and cheese covered blanket to sort out. I was unsticking the things from the blanket over the sink, tossing crusts and wrappers in the trash, picking at cheese bits when Billy wrinkled up her face, took over from me. I'll do that. You take a shower. You smell like fuck. Screwing a girl on a hilltop naked had been sweet. Right in my comfort zone, no problem. But being chastised by a teen about it, I felt the heat in my face, my neck turned bright red. She just pushed me out of the kitchen, grinning, having the upper hand, making me uncomfortable for once instead of the other way round. How she's grown. Now she can wrap me around her finger too. Like all the women in my life, big sigh. Off to shower I came out, no longer smelling like fuck, Billy coming back from putting the blanket in the wash, Nick arriving with supper, bags of Mexican takeout smells dangerous billy took the bags set them on the counter hugged nick like a sister got a big hug back nick handed me the receipt i'd paid over the phone when i made the order i thanked her put it in a drawer like i'd do something with it later i'd throw it away dot okay this was my kitchen time to take control of the situation you two get something to drink go out on the porch i'll dish up bring it up. they ignored me but did it anyway chatting about their day looting the fridge padding out of the room with cans in their hand it took only a minute to unpack the takeout boxes open everything Put the burritos on a plate, open and arrange the tubs of sauce and beans and queso on the pizza board. Open the pan of stuffed peppers, the carton of carnitas. The smell was amazing. Wanted to stick my fingers in everything, taste but I manfully resisted, carried out the plate and board, returned for the cartons. Billy saw me struggle, jumped up, took the second load from me, let me go back for plates and forks. Nick just led us, in full guest mode, sipping from her can of spritz or something, relaxing and watching the breakers roll And I arrived with plates, but they'd already grabbed stuffed peppers, blowing on them, hot, and nibbling at the safe end. Poblanos! My favorite. This from Nick. Billy didn't know what a poblano was. Well, now she did. Learning fast. They were talking about the rooming house. It's about the same size as what you have here. Plus, a dining room, kitchen, shared. Big lawn. Closer to customers, up on the hill in an old Victorian. How did you get in there? Smile. Greg took me there, introduced me. Mrs. Pham thought he was my uncle. Big laugh. Imagine goofy old Greg being somebody's uncle. No respect, these young folk. Billy was dishing up, starved from her bike trip, activities of the day. Took half the beans for herself, biggest burrito, wad of carnitas to choke a horse. Nick split the rest with me, poured queso over most of hers. Billy saw that, took the carton, poured a healthy coating on her carnitas too. I picked at mine, delicious. But I'd spent a pretty quiet day, not like these girls, gallivanting all over. I'd done what? Walked along the river, eaten a picnic lunch. Screwed the love of my life half insensible. Come like a broken hydrant. Had a nap. Oh. Rehydrate right. I haired inside, got a can of kiwi orange, not my favorite but we had the most of that. Coming out I cracked it down half in one go, surprised myself with how thirsty I was. Billy noticed, grinned lewdly, made me blush again. Nick noticed too, but polite, just worked on her stuffed pepper dot we ate for a bit, and when we were down to scraping the sauce from our plates with the butt end of our burritos Billy started again. So, you and Kane girlfriends? She got it out that time without any hiccup. Unpicking her hand-ups was becoming easier with practice. Nick considered, treating the insolent remark like it was a reasonable question. Respecting her little sister Billy. No. Just dating, kind of. Not regular. It's different for dykes, you can be a couple— but you can be a lot of things. And she's Jillian's sister. Nick grinned. There's that, sure. Not gonna piss where I eat. Got a barking laugh out of Billy, a little too loud but a smile along with it. You've met Kang? Billy shook no. No call to, not so far. Maybe I'll drop by sometime, say hi. I resolved to repair that oversight, take her by the shop. See what Kang could do for a sassy kid with eclectic tastes. That would be worth seeing. She's cool. Smart. Tiny Vietnamese woman, beautiful. Sharp face. Generous nature. Those hands black eyes I could just fall into. Nick was smiling a dreamy smile. Billy looked shocked, but disguised it quickly, turned it into a grin. A genius at clothing design. Never had anything fit so well, look so good. Never had anybody do that for me. Maybe why I'm so taken with her. She didn't have to do that, do anything, but she did. Looked at me, right at me, saw who I was, what would work for me. Billy had a wondering look. There. That was the hook to get her to go over, meet Kang. Clothes. we do that first chance next week. They talked late, about their day the Crenshaw life, the fams, the other girls at the rooming house. Kelly and Tito and what that was about. Nick's early childhood gave Billy some perspective on her own. Bonding time for two orphans, two young people needlessly separated from their families, alone just for being who they were. Certain they made the right call, not compromising their morals. But still, lonely dot I said nothing, they didn't need my opinion or permission or endorsement. I appreciated their hardship, being on their own. Some of it. Something like my own life, a little. Much like Jillian's. Even Kang's. What we had here was a convention of orphans, Women who for one reason or another were doing it without benefit of parents, nobody to fall back on. Independent figuring it out for themselves. Well, not now of course. Now they had me and Jillian, they had each other. They'd fallen into probably the best group of friends they could have hoped for, each with their skills and talents, their different histories but the same for all that. Folks who understood them, accepted them, loved them, not really fallen into. Jillian had made this all happen. Saw what needed to be done and done it like a boss. God, I love that woman dad I got tired for some reason, my nap long forgotten, yawning and stretching. Said goodnight, left them to it. Jillian back from the theater. King was already in her nightgown, cross-legged on the floor. A bowl of nasty Vietnamese snack chips, some off-brand soda. Channeling her teenage years? We were not going to get drunk, apparently. You promised to tell all. Spill. She grabbed a handful of chips, started tossing them in, crunching them like chewing glass that I guess I was the entertainment. The floor show tonight. Okay, I had a whopper of a story to tell. Where to begin? Greg sees through everything, just knows what's inside without trying. Like Cyclops, a bean he can scan around. You've seen him do it. Turning, looking but not with his eyes. Ever since he was a kid. Her hand frozen halfway to her face. Mouth open with a wad of half chewed chips inside. Everything? He sees what I'm wearing. Not too hard to do. She wasn't wearing much at the moment. So much leg for such a tiny woman. Whenever she shifted on the floor she flashed her bush. That shorty nightgown didn't cover shit. I nodded. He sees what your lungs are doing too. How your kidneys look. What you ate last night. Ugh. Gross. She looked disgusted. Looked at that chip in her hand. Put it back in the bowl. Thought about it. Chewing absently. I waited her out. She had to process this a bite at a time, chew it over in her mind. Can he tell if we're sick? Bingo. The thousand-dollar question, the important one. You're both healthy. She relaxed at that. If anything was wrong, he'd have said. She instantly saw the possibilities. The free medical care. A brother-in-law who gave consultations any she needed. Started to be excited about this all. So you're not pregnant, how? He can't see a few cells? Nope. Not a microscope. No ability to focus in. Just what you'd see if something was right in front of you. It doesn't seem to matter how far away. He can see the astronauts in the space station. Says they're far away but not actually smaller. That's just how eyes work. So, he knows what's happening in China? In Timbuktu? No again. A couple of blocks maybe, then it gets all scrambled because there's too much. See, nothing but air between him and the space station, at least when it's right up there. So, he can see. But when I'm at work, he's got nothing. Too much to take in, between us. Another break to absorb that. She was relieved, I could see it in her posture. Her sense of privacy was returning, that was important to her. To most people, I guess, wheels turning, then. Is this why he won't go into the Lumberyard Center? Right. So much stuff, not just the boxes but everything inside too, everywhere he looks. Gives him a headache. That's where I come in. I do the buying, the price comparing and bargaining. Saves him trouble and pain. She nodded. He sticks to his private investigation. Looking for lost stuff. Why is it always money? Good question. He says, folks always carry money, everybody, all the time. So, it's the most common thing to lose. He finds a wallet, a purse, he returns it if he can but just cash? He keeps calls it salvage dot. She marveled at that, thinking about the possibilities, the opportunities. I already knew the next question, cheating at cards. Kang surprised me. Tell me some of the marvels he's seen. Oh, my dear big sister. So much more honest than me. I flushed, embarrassed. Collected my thoughts that I told a rambling tale of old skeletons, alligators in the sewer, the fort under the park, junk in the river, and boarded up basements, and alleys and drain pipes. The subway train under the bank. She got tired of that pretty quick, not really a history person waved the flies away, returned to the critical question on her mind. So, you're not preggers yet. Because why? If he can't see it? Right. He just sees changes that happen when you've got a bun in the over. The way stuff sits, where fluids are sloshing, swelling and tenderness and such. From long practice, seeing it every day, he can read people pretty well. He'd eventually be able to see, when it's big enough to make sense to him. Know how it's going, that everything is fine. Or not. Kane got serious at that, paled a little as the consequences occurred to her. He ever see that? Something not, going fine. I nodded seriously. Pretty much every day. Bad knees, bad backs. Cancer and ruined livers and bruises. Abuse patterns and drug addiction. Tumors and bad hearts and kidneys. That's gotta be a load. He sees somebody hurting like that. And nothing he can do. She understood quick, quicker than I had. It is. He never had anybody to share that with before. I try. But I can hardly imagine how it must feel. Not just guess. To really know, without any doubt. He does what he can. Passes out breast cancer screening flyers and so on. That's what he's doing on those walks every morning, besides foraging. Folks mostly ignore him, but he says he has to try. I left out the part about watching his folks die. This was an information session, not a pity party. Some other time, she was touched. I thought she was maybe going to cry. My big sister was actually a softer under all that bluff. She collected herself, said it out loud, a little unsteadily. I love Greg, you know that, right? Because you love him, that's enough, that's how family works. But now, geez. She couldn't go on, not right away. Dot, I let it sit, that was maybe enough for one day. Poured some pop into her teacups, gave her one, we sat and slurped for a bit. No wine tonight? I could use a drink. I demurred. Got a big day tomorrow. I want to be well-rested. I stayed a while, watched Bachelorette with her, tried those nasty chips but our hearts weren't in it. So much to think about. A watershed moment in our family, the elephant on the table now trumpeting and trampling everything that went before, remaking every memory into something else now, different meaning viewed through the gray glass. Kang turned off the show before it was half over, finished the pop by sucking the dregs from the bottle. Burped. That meant time to go. We got up, traded a kiss on the cheek. She started to hug me, awkwardly, unsure so I just gathered her in close, held her tight. She kept the clench for a beat longer than usual, my big sister needed that. Tell Greg, thanks for trusting me. No problem. No more stories, he wants to come clean with family, close friends. Kept this secret for too long. Says he'll tell Fuang next, but Fuang already seems to know somehow, most of it anyway. Maybe Fuang could invite him to tea. For a son-in-law chat? Make it official, Fuang deserves that courtesy. Could you ask him? A nod, another kiss on the cheek and I was out of there. Left Kang staring into space, trying to digest all this, Sunday Gregory Jillian came in late, I think, I hardly stirred, just put an arm around her. Mumbled, how'd it go? Got a brief reply, something about chewing it over. Not weirded out, so that was good. As good as I can expect, woke early, sun barely up. A knee in my thigh, an arm across my chest, bony elbow where it hurt. Snuffling adorably into my pillow, drool saturating the case under her chin we're sleeping together now. Every day. Sudden joy, thinking about that, probably need a bigger bed. Or maybe not, this is nice, elbows, drool and all. Wait on that one dot extracting myself, she just rolled over. Stole the blankets, but no problem, I'm getting up. Shower and dress, Sunday clothes, no different from every day I guess, like a bum according to Jill. Went out to the kitchen, stopped. Billy was up, dressed, sitting in the stuffed chair. Suitcase on the floor. I hadn't been looking, giving her privacy, she took me by surprise. Going someplace? So early? A field trip? She grinned, no worries, not mad or in trouble. I'm moving out. Today. Can hardly sleep with you hornog skulking around trying to get me out from underfoot so you can bonk pure billy laid it out there rude and honest i smiled despite myself you can stay you know we actually enjoy you no problem having you around plenty of opportunities one way and another important she know she has options dot a nod but determined gonna go live in that house where nick lives already have half the first month saved more by the first enough nick coming by soon to take me there i relaxed the women had this worked out plotting last night had a plan in place i worry too much even though it's not my business. I just want my friends to succeed, and it would be good for her, living with Nick, with Kelly. they take care of her, make sure she wasn't alone, lonely. Mrs. Pham would do the rest, feed her, keep her safe. Dot a brain flash, our service. How will the business work? Will I be manning the phone from now on? Will miss calls. She looked at me like I was confused. I can access that from there, get the messages from the machine as usual. I'll forward calls when I'm on phone duty, take them there. No change. I had no idea that was a thing. Billy proved again she was the technical part of this deal. Well, congratulations on. A knock at the door, then Nick came right in. Totally comfortable treating this place as her own. That felt right, somehow. Hey-ya. A greeting to Billy, a nod to me. They hugged, Billy picked up her suitcase, ready. Nick to me. I'll take her there, introduce her, help with the interview. Get her settled. Like Mrs. Pham said, she's in good hands, we'll take care of her, don't worry any longer. Nick was reassuring me, so now, I had two nieces. A growing family. Maybe we didn't need that place in the country, for family gatherings. Billy was all ready to go, but Nick gave her the high sign, gotta say goodbye properly. So little sister put her suitcase down, faced me. I went to shake her hand, but she was having none of it, went in for the hug that I maybe got a little teary, hugging my business partner, my housemate, my niece goodbye. Had gotten used to this insolent sassy smart woman underfoot. I held the hug maybe a little too long, broke when she got impatient. Gonna miss you. Not for long, I'm gonna come over so much you're sick of me. A sassy grin, reassuring somehow, and they were gone. And the place was quiet again, too quiet. Not even the tick of Billy's clock. How quickly I'd gotten used to a house full, this baby couldn't come soon enough. I was concerned about breaking the news to Jillian, Billy gone without saying goodbye. But of course, she already knew, had plotted with them the night before. Why she was so bleary this morning, up late last night helping her friend's scheme. Sunday was our slack day, for walking the beach, maybe doing some grocery shopping. Slow lovemaking on the porch. Once the sun was high and the air warmed a little. It was great to have the run of the place back. Be able to casually feel up my sweetie. Get surprised by her sudden flirtations. Still, we were both subdued, feeling out how we felt about Billy, here then gone again. So quick, Kane came by at lunch. I'd be like I might be a secret perv, a little nervous. Why Jillian had called, insisted, wanted her to get over her worries, her suspicions. See that Greg was still the same guy he always was? By the time I'd fed them leftover carnitas, supplemented with some Chinese I found in a take-home box back of the fridge, still good, some toast and cheese, they were laughing and talking and ignoring me like normal. Before she left Kang asked, You have any more surprises? Can you fly? Heat ray vision? Pick up cars? I was dumbfounded, just stood with my mouth open, nothing to say. The girls laughed, Kang elbowed me hard in the side, my teasing sister-in-law again. Left with a kiss to Jillian and a promise to meet again tomorrow night. A parting shot to me, Fuang expected me for tea, once he had time in his busy schedule. Jillian was fine after that, happy her sister was happy, draped herself over my shoulders, smooched me lazily. That went well. Fuang? Busy schedule? What's that about? He's just making you wait, wait on him. Grandfather's prerogative. That made sense. I didn't mind, tea with Fuang was always good, informative. We took a walk, talked about the weather, a book Jillian wanted to read. Should we get a newspaper subscription? I objected. They deliver but won't take them away afterward. Piled up, made a mess. Jillian thought I was nuts, but okay. Sun going down, I was getting out my new suit, eyeballing the shine on those black shoes critically, Jillian changing in the bedroom. Sweetheart, where did I put the shawl? For this dress. I scanned, didn't see it at first. Lingered a bit on her sweet soft form, maybe just a tiny bit more padded now, the swelling inside showing us sexy curves on the outside. I am going to love pregnant Jillian. I have a pregnancy fetish, I guess? No problem. She's gonna stay knocked up for years apparently. I'll have all the satisfaction I could ever want. Scanned again, more careful this time. Found the shawl wadded up in the bottom of the dry cleaner bag Kang had returned the dress in, fallen off the hanger. Thanks, hon. She pulled it out, shook it out, tried it over her shoulders, over one shoulder, primping in the mirror. Stuffed it back in the little bag, stuffed it down the front of the dress for now, hardly made a bulge. She came out, made a show of oohing. Over my new jacket, shirt, pants. The shoes worked with it. She complimented me. I didn't own up to Billy's part in that. Larry honked and we headed out, Larry managing not to gawk this time holding the door for her, then the other side for me, all proper and helpful. Jill leaned against me in the back seat, content, not talking. Watching the sunset over the ocean each time it appeared between the houses, flashing light on her face like a golden beacon, making her beautiful, more beautiful. Serene somehow. And I knew why, and was gonna own up tonight. The ring was in my jacket pocket, making a considerable bulge. Jillian probably thought it was a roll of bills, accustomed to me squirreling away thousands in my pockets, unconcerned. Larry led us out, at the entrance to our early supper reservation, an old place famous around here for their Italian food old Italian family, Conti's. I'd warned them about a block drain once, saved them a bundle on sewage cleanup. I kept that story from Jillian, not appropriate dinner-time conversation. Anyway, Papa greeted us as friends of the family, gave us the best table, no problem, the place was half-full this early. Bread and wine set out, a Chianti bottle of good olive oil on every table. The waiter made a fuss, brought some fried ravioli, dressed it with oil and parmesan, laid out the best silver, served us with a fancy spoon, winked at me broadly, bowed out silently. Jillian was a little surprised, not used to such personal consideration at dinner. Didn't know that Papa had prompted everybody. Greg is proposing tonight. Mama Conti makes this ravioli by hand. I like it. I hope you don't mind I ordered ahead. Jillian shook her head no and tried one, chewed thoughtfully. Raised an eyebrow. Seafood? Ravioli was usually just cheese, maybe some spice sausage. Caught yesterday. Mama shops every morning, right off the boat. She liked it. She finished it off herself, left me one or two but ate like a starving longshoreman. Surprised herself at her appetite, didn't surprise me. I knew why. The next course was soup, Italian wedding soup, a not-so-subtle suggestion of Papa's, served in china bowls with two handles, like small casseroles. She tried a bite, nodded, smiled at me. They know their spices here. This is delicious. Started spooning it down, again with enthusiasm. Stopped herself, put her spoon down. I'm gonna pop this dress before we even get to the show. I smiled my biggest smile, confusing her again, pouted at what she thought was teasing. Papa came to clear the soup, looked alarmed at her half-full bowl. You don't like my soup? Can I get you something else? I'll get you something else. Mama bustled up, shushed him. Let the girl alone. Of course, she likes your soup. It's the dress. That in a stage whisper, audible to everybody in the room. Led Papa away, still confused, concerned. Hushed conversation in the kitchen. Last course, lasagna. A tactical error on my part. No way could Julian eat this without sartorial disaster. She looked at the plate put in front of her. A huge mound of meaty cheesy pasta, steaming from the oven, threatening to slump into a glorious pile in front of her eyes. She looked at me helplessly. I could see my time had arrived. Any more delay and this could reach critical dinner disaster. I reached into my pocket, clutched the ring in my now-sweating hand. Reached across the table, took her hand in mine. She let me take her hand, perplexed. Felt the ring as I pressed it into her palm, startled, pulled her hand back. Opened her fingers, looked at the ring without understanding. What's this? Not the reception I'd been hoping for. Eh, a ring? What for? Going downhill fast. Cut to the chase. So I can ask you to marry me. So you know I'm serious? I asked Fuang, he said it was time, the ring is adequate, and I thought. I shut up, I was babbling. Her face clouded, definitely not the reaction I was hoping for, praying for. Why do I need a ring? We're already made it for life. You're my true love, and I'm yours. This ring doesn't change that. So, so we can get married? Why? Why marriage? Some old ceremony, doesn't mean anything. I looked helplessly at her, at Mama lurking in the kitchen door, wringing her hands. Jillian saw my distress softened. Look, I'm a bastard, I'm pretty cool. You're an orphan. We're not going to let that happen to ours. We don't need this. Retrench, nodding and agreeing. I don't need anything more to know I love you, want to be with you as long as you will have me. I'll never love anyone else like I love you. Well, maybe when the baby arrived. She was smiling now, looking tolerantly at me. Tried to return the ring that I held her hand, closed it over the ring again, gently. But maybe not for us? For family, so they can share this, celebrate with us? She looked at me straight in the eyes, eyebrows lowered, serious. You are actually playing the family card? You should be ashamed of yourself. I waited her out. She loved her family, loved Phuong, would do this for him if not for anyone else. She would cave, I knew it, she knew it. She started to relent, I saw her shoulders relax, she sat back, as far back as that dress would let her. Then she got all alert again, studied my face. Like she could see through me, maybe not like I do, but still she saw me, saw I was not saying everything. There's something else. Said as a fact. Okay, yeah? It's just traditional? To give a ring. After you, um, after you have knocked up your girl. She rolled her eyes. Ha. Very funny. Looked again, squinting. You're not joking? Uh... I cracked a smile, too happy, too proud to keep it inside. Shyly looked down at her tummy, back in her face. Nodded slowly, deliberately, twice, grinning like a fool. Oh. 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 Greg. She bounced in her chair, for all the world like a girl of 16, sudden joy on her features, mouth open in astonishment. I figured this was the best opening I was gonna get. Skidded my chair back, came around the table, took the ring from her, fell into full proposal posture, on one knee, ring raised in my cupped hands, looking her right in the face, in those beautiful eyes. Jillian, will you marry me? Got it out, then lost my breath, couldn't inhale again for some reason, my diaphragm just seized up, waiting. She nodded, that yes I will marry you frantic happy nod, both hands to her tummy, her eyes looking somewhere in the middle distance, her mind a million miles away then right back again, right at me. Yes. Yes. She said it. Loud, so I would hear, loud enough for the whole room to hear. And took my face in her hands, kissed me like I'd never been kissed before, a happy pregnant of sort of kiss, the very best kind, you had to be there. It went better after that. I could breathe again. Took one of her hands, the left one I think, slipped the ring on. King had nailed it of course, it fit like a glove. She looked at it, for the first time noticing how awesomely amazing it was. Stared a bit, like a bird stares at a snake, or a mouse at a cat, unwilling to take her eyes off, not quite believing it was real, not quite believing she had caved after all thought I saw Mama in the kitchen door, smiling, joyful, relieved. Coming over. Jillian. Oh, I'm so happy for you. She bent over Jill, held her by the shoulders, kissed her on both cheeks. Took her hand, admired the ring, smiling and smiling. Broke the trance, Jillian coming back to herself, thanking Mama, still a little stunned. Gillian said yes. Mama Conti announced to nobody in particular, like they hadn't already heard. Applause! All those old Italian couples at their early bird supper actually applauded. Smiles everywhere, nodding. The wives got up, came over, surrounded Gillian, congratulating her, admiring the ring, not sure it was real I imagine. It was so unlikely, so spectacular, could it be? The husbands waited patiently, but when their wives didn't return, they put down their napkins, came over too. Pulled me up, shook my hand, slapped my back, told me good man. And lucky guy and all the normal phrases of congratulating the groom without actually saying congratulations, Jillian weathered it all, getting progressively more emotional, trying valiantly to thank them all in turn but now crying and not able to get the words out. Mama was patient, finally put an end to it, shooed them away, a couple of the older ladies hanging back, kissing Jillian one more time, wringing her hands, giving their blessing. Finally left us alone, back to their supper. Jillian's face was a mess. Tears smearing her makeup, dripping from her nose, her chin. Balling now but happy, happy. I pulled my chair over, sat by her, put an arm around her, held her. Petted her until she could talk again. You pull a stunt like that again, I'll rip your liver out. Said it quietly, between sobs, snuggling in close, burying her face in my shoulder, both hands on my arm. That was a one time thing, no worries. I figure I can just coast now. She giggled, sobbed some more, softly now snirked. Sat up, wiped her chin with her arm, snotty and wet. I grabbed my napkin, blotted at her face, gently, got the worst of it. That we left shortly after, I grabbed a waiter on the way, stuffed our theater tickets into her pocket, asked to have our dinner boxed and sent over, gave her a couple bills from my roll. She said yes sir, and got busy. Larry was outside in his cab, reading a paper, looked up when I knocked. Jumped out, got alarmed when he saw the state Jillian was in, relaxed when she smiled at him, showed him the ring. Congratulations miss! Should I take you home now? Yes, she nodded. Safely inside the cab, warm and cozy as Larry had promised, heater on full, he got us moving. Fully dark, the sun completely set, we moved through the black, apparently motionless in the featureless night, just the occasional light passing like a beacon, strobing across us, illuminating my love briefly, startlingly, so beautiful my heart nearly burst every time. Well, that was it. What? Concerned. The last time i wear this dress. What I haven't ruined with snot will never fit anyway. I'll never be this size again, you know what pregnancy will do to me? I smiled, my imagination up to the task. Kissed her on the cheek. Put one finger to her chin. Kissed her on the mouth. Told her I loved her. I know, silly. I've always known. We sat on barstools at our counter, well past midnight, eating lasagna out of boxes the messenger had brought, still warm. Showered, starving, naked. It didn't seem important to wear clothes now. We were going to bed soon. She kept looking at herself holding her tummy, smiling a little smile I knew I'd see again and again, all our young lives. No more girls night out. Not for months. I was concerned for her health. Those two could get up to all sorts of risky behavior. No problem. Sister baby nights will do until then. First one, tomorrow night. Sounded better, as long as no drinking went on. We'll need a new place. Jillian looked around the condo critically. I nodded, resigned to this. Even if we could fit one more in here, no way were we fitting two, five, ten, a dozen. It was inevitable. Gonna miss the condo. It had been my haven for nearly a decade. That mansion in the country? Is it far enough? I knew what she was asking. Could I stand it? Was it enough removed from people and activity, Quite enough for me to keep my sanity, to sleep soundly, to raise kids, train them until they could manage the world safely, keep away the night terrors? Yes. If we buy a mile of land in every direction so no development happens, probably the entire old research station. Plant a perimeter of trees, help screen the world. We can keep it quiet that way, forever. She nodded. One problem solved. Except for the millions. No way our bank account would run that far. Raising our superkids there, gonna cost a bundle. Fixing the place up, building a better road. Generator. Well and septic. Nannies and tutors and maybe a cook? A driver? So Kang and Fuang can come and go as they wish. She thought on that. How will we fund it? That's years of foraging. We have a year, maybe two before it's critical. Then what? I sighed, resigned to my fate. I didn't want to. I hadn't managed it as a kid, but a father has responsibilities, has to man up. I'm gonna have to learn to swim. She looked confused, then enlightenment, then devious. Tito can swim. Kelly says he has a diving instructor certificate. My smart girlfriend, always two steps ahead of me. I smiled, relieved. Of course we had friends. We could bring Tito in. I could aim him. He could do the actual salvage. We split it. Something agreeable to all of us. Fund his agency. Fulfill his dream of being a bounty hunter. Maybe Mary Kelly, the two of them would make a great team, and I wouldn't have to get my feet wet. Sounds like a plan. Well, that's decided. We can get started right away. I'll ask Kelly to invite Tito over, we can sound him out. I had eaten my fill, felt suddenly exhausted. It had been a busy day, lots of changes. This morning felt like years ago. Come to bed? I gave her a weak smile, hoping she understood I meant, to sleep. Long as you don't try to get too friendly. I'll need extra sleep for a while. Probably be napping a lot too. That sounded just fine to me. Kamikaze sex girl was a lot of fun, but sleepy cuddly Jillian was fun too, and a lot less tiring. I stood, took our takeout boxes, put them in the fridge. Tossed the forks in the sink later. Took her hand, my wife's hand, the mother of my children, the love of my life, led her into the back bedroom. lay down, waited for her to get comfortable. Scooted over, spooned, naked skin from neck to toe, just snuggling. She gave a happy moan, snuggled right back, new for me. I have slept on my back forever. But for some reason, now, I knew I would have to hold her in my arms, skin to skin from here on out. Safe.it took me a bit to actually sleep, everything so different. Nobody in Billy's room, too quiet. Laying on my side, facing the ocean, gonna miss the ocean, had a thought. We might want to move a trailer out there. While the big house is being fixed up? Be on site for any issues that come up. I thought I heard her mumble something, listen closely. Nope. Just her little adorable snuffles. She was fast asleep, which was wonderful. My routine was defined by Jillian. Waking up with Jillian, then a bunch of stuff over the day, of no real consequence. Then going to sleep with Jillian. A perfect life, every day bracketed by our time together. Funny how I felt even closer to her when she was asleep, in my arms, warm and soft, dreaming whatever dreams normal people have. Safe here, with me, I'll make sure of that. I won't let any trouble come within miles of my family, not here, not in the new place. Not ever, Monday. I don't like it. Billy was trying on outfits, selected by Kang. We'd met early, doing some canvassing in the upscale district together, leaving her marketing cards as we went. Normally these businesses don't do that, but apparently BRS had a reputation among their wealthy clients. That, and Billy was dang persuasive. Maybe my reputation, by now, carried a little weight too, who knows. Anyway, we had batted about .500. Every other business glad to take a couple, keep them by the register. I thought it'd be a struggle to get Billy into the tailor shop. But she spotted it, and haired on ahead, jingled in the door without any hesitation. By the time I got there, she was bowing to Mr. Nguyen, chatting up Kang, so adaptable, the young. Left her life of servitude and patronizing adults only to accept new people just as she found them, respect them as their culture required, give as well as take. A healthy sign, I think. Probably because now, she got respect in return. And she adored Jillian, that was clear, wanted very much to be liked by her family. So Kang had chatted her up, sized her up taking her back for a makeover. Two chummy women, not really that far apart in age, laughing and trying wild outfits. This took a while in my experience. I settled in to observe. They asked my opinion at first, but quickly grew tired of that. I had nothing to say but very interesting, and things of that vein. No help at all. The current sequence was knits and baggy shorts, some kind of multicolor scarf. Hideous, in my opinion. Something the young folk were into? That changed too fast for me to have any hope of keeping current. Ken gave that outfit the once-over, shook her head. Too young. Pulled Billy into the back again without even waiting for me to weigh in. Good. I would have had a hard time being complimentary. They both knew, of course, being discreet was pointless. I saw everything that went on in back too. It's important to go through the motions, keep up the appearance of decency. I'll do my part. Let everyone feel safe and private. Never mention the things I see that I shouldn't normally be seeing. It wouldn't be polite. Just like we don't mention the noises we hear behind a bathroom door. Pretend they never happened. These little charades are what civilization is made of. They'd given up on Nitz. Probably tried them all. It seemed like it to me. On to sleeveless shirts and jeans. Timeless, they'd been wearing that when I was in high school. Billy burst out, showing off the next outfit. Still too young. Sleeveless collarless tee with some puff paint cartoon character, pink and girly. Billy made gagging sounds with two fingers in her mouth. Ken laughed out loud. They got into a fit of giggles, stumbled into the back again. Point two customers came and went, pickups. Fuong busied himself finding tags on hangers and taking payment. Some graduation party for somebody. Lots of stuff on the rack. Lots of pickups. No time for me and tea today. A busy day. Maybe Fuang did have a busy schedule. I don't really know how his life is arranged. I usually visit in the slack time, when everybody else is at work. Okay, another outfit, wife-beater shirt, barely any fabric at all. Spaghetti straps, narrow back showing shoulder skin from neck to mid-back. Front was baggy and just covering the naughty bits, lots of side boob visible. Short. Belly button on display. Jean cutoffs, tight and scandalously brief. Hardly contained her, meant to show everything off. The kind of outfit that gave parents a heart attack, when their 15-year-old went out in it. Billy took her time with that one, at the full-length mirror, turning this way and that. Seemed astonished by what she saw, herself, all mature and sexy-looking, dangerously hot. Not something she'd worn to church back home, for sure. Kang was tapping her chin, thinking. Nobody take you seriously in that. She had good judgment, had pegged Billy as a young person who was trying to look more grown-up. But this? Maybe not the kind of grown-up Billy had in mind. Billy seemed of two minds. It definitely broke all the mold she'd been crammed into back home. But who was it for? Not for her, it was definitely eye candy for some guy or gal. She finally agreed, allowed herself to be led into the back again. I had a feeling Billy would return someday, maybe not even this year, to try that look again. When she had somebody to show off for, they switched direction entirely, from young female sexy to all business. The next go round was like something Kang would wear sedate wool skirt, starched collared shirt, and short blazer. A tie. Looked expensive, subtle piping on the skirt, the jacket just a hint of style. Her bare legs, bare feet did something to detract from the effect, but still very professional. Billy didn't want to like it, I could see that. Too much like I'd heard her say about her Debbie normal outfit. There to please the blue-haired ladies, to blend in, be inoffensive, not matter. But that had been young girl formal, sedate. This was definitely grown-up businesswoman, serious. A whole nother thing. King watched her, alert for feedback. I felt maybe it was time for me to say something. Some clients would find that, comforting, familiar. Like a costume for the theater you look the part, it sets folks at ease, they can watch the performance undistracted. Not for every client, have to be selective. She pretended not to listen, didn't respond. But she did relax, look at it differently working through things in her head. Did she dress for herself? Mostly. But the costume angle that was legitimate, canny, tactically useful. Kang had decided Billy needed this one. She was tugging at the shoulders, straightening the skirt, brushing off lint. Ready to do her thing, make it fit perfectly, make Billy look like a million bucks. That look would be most suitable at a women's auxiliary luncheon. The look of a significant woman, there to be heard. Fuan was standing right behind me, caught me off guard, startled me, and impressed me. Once I'd parsed what he said, doubt he was no fool. Had been selling clothes for longer than Kang had been alive. Knew what made sense to a client, what would resonate. Billy flashed him a grateful smile over one shoulder. Mr. Nguyen, you don't think it's boring? He tilted his head, acknowledging that. Yes, perhaps. Boring in the right way? Showing respect for the venue, for the audience. But when Miss Kang is finished, stylish enough to communicate confidence, competence, even substance, he was plucking all the right strings, and it worked. I saw Billy's posture grow alert, dynamic. She began to pose, model the outfit. Like an actor prepping to go on stage, trying out arm gestures, persuasive, demanding, authoritative. Finally, she looked at Kang, nodded yes. This one, for sure. You'll knock him dead. Nobody can resist the power of executive woman. Kang was teasing, at the same time matching Billy's mood, encouraging her to let out the woman she had inside. Love my sister-in-law. They went back again, to try more outfits. I didn't know. But it was approaching lunch hour, when the shop closed for Fuang's midday vegetables and tea. No power on earth could shift that schedule, and yes they were done, for now. Fuang was turning the door sign to close temporary as they emerged, Billy and Kang chatting, Billy in her street clothes. Kang with a Vietnamese newspaper open. They'd been sharing something in there animatedly. This was you, right? Kang threw the paper in my general direction. I caught it, rearranged, turned to the center section she'd been reading. All in Vietnamese. But the pictures, they told the story. The standard opening day shot of the Richardson Hotel. The English word Sierra Club embedded in masses of Vietnamese writing. Clip part of a silhouetted man. A question mark over the blank face. Me, I supposed, the anonymous investigator that found the will. Another picture, the mayor and the Sierra Club rep I'd met, smiling, shaking hands, holding an official document. Clearly the city didn't contest the will, glad to surrender the property, a white elephant, probably for a token payment, back taxes, utilities accrued, other shots of the work in progress some of the treasures brought down from the penthouse, some of my photos, uncredited, furniture, paintings, even brass fittings piled in a crate, a flatbed truck, covered with artifacts of every kind out a desk set, paperweight, inkwell, gold pen, laid out for a pretty photograph, some famous designer or maker, finally, an artist's rendition of a new wetland, the name Richardson Park on an ink sign, a building sketched in on one corner, Museum in English that I looked up. Yup. No more stories, not with these people, my family and friends. God it felt good, to answer without any effort at concealment. Kang nodded, sure she'd been right. That when you got the ring? Again. Yup. I thought they'd demolished the building, nobody owned the contents. I went up to save some important things. And to show Jillian, she'd been interested in what was there. Took those pictures for her. It was Jill that sent it all to the Sierra Club, said they'd know what to do. Billy was taking this all in, brightened at the last bit. It just confirmed in her mind, that Jillian is the brains of this outfit. True, I suppose. No, true for certain. Jill's always ten steps ahead of me. We'll leave you to your lunch. Billy took my cue, gave Kang a quick hug, flung another sketchy bow, went out the door with me. I like Jill's family. Kang is a riot. Mr. Nguyen is a gentleman. So smart. So kind. About my take on the matter. This was all a business expense, right? That was me, confirming with Billy. She nodded absently. I'd never turn in the bill. BRS couldn't support this kind of expense yet. Really part of Jillian's project, saving lost women, getting their feet under them letting them find their true calling, strangely quiet. What was she so pensive about? Lunch. I've been wanting to try this place downtown. Has a butchered goat in the window. Hellenic? What th fuck that all about? I shrugged, no help. Let's go find out. Jillian Kang was ready to admire the ring, but only for a moment, clearly, she'd seen it before. You knew. You knew what he was up to. I felt a little used, manipulated. But mostly happy, Kang nodded. I told him, get on with it. I almost spilled the beans, like three times. Helped him get the ring cleaned, resized. That was okay, I guess. He'd recruited my sister to make it a special night. Kind of sweet, really? Then I thought again. Cleaned? Where did he find it? The river? With Greg, the finder. Who knows? She snorted, let my hand drop, hugged me. I disengaged, looked at it, for the first time really, as a piece of jewelry and not a love token. It did have an old-style design, estate jewelry? Don't fret. What we have here is a Vanderbilt engagement ring, belonged to a rich lady, built this town. Best ring I ever saw. Greg saved it from the wrecking ball. Famous ring. Famous stone. Okay, now I was afraid to wear it. It was an eye. I thought just to remind me of my lover, the guy who could see. But valuable? That green glass in the middle, the iris? Could it be some gemstone? It wasn't faceted, cut, just a polished rock. Jade? Did they wear that back then? And all the stuff around the outside, making the white of the eye, the little roses made of glass? Was that really crystal? Something fancier? I decided. It was my engagement ring. Whatever it was, it was from my lover, my friend, and I would wear it. Love it. Not fret about it dot I kept looking, my other hand on my belly, thinking mushy thoughts about Greg. Kang got impatient. We should drink. Get drunk. Celebrate your engagement. Dance. Whoa. Keep your shirt on. A real issue with Kang. Her clothes came off at the drop of a hat. A bit slutty I think. God love her. I can't drink. Not for a while. For months. I have to be careful now. Keeping one hand on my belly, I took her free one, pulled, set her fingers there too, with mine. Slow understanding, frozen in place, looking from my belly to my face, back and forth, her lips parting, dumbfounded. Opening, closing, like she wanted to say something but couldn't. Was her lip trembling? were those tears my god kang was a baby softie she was gonna cry my tough brassy strong but kicking big sister was gonna ball because her little sister was knocked up oh sweetie i hugged her again she just clutched me buried her head in my chest overcome chest heaving i felt my boobs get wet spit or snot or tears didn't matter didn't care let her recover let her get her breath back pulling off wiping her face with her sleeve a crooked smile now proud of me her little sister you're gonna be an auntie Oops, there she goes again. More wet on my boobs that I never suspected. Kang wanted this deal as much as Fuang did. All that talk of her dress getting the job done. Getting Greg horny wasn't just pride or teasing Dot I think. I really like baby happy soft to Auntie Kang. She loves me. She loves our baby. She's gonna be a terrific auntie. Okay, okay, we gotta get started. On sister baby night. Make plans. Talk names. Kang got command of herself now. Still drip it but not caring. My mama was Trin. If it's a girl, could her name be Trin? Her middle name maybe. I was touched, now, blubbered a bit, nodded yes. If not this baby, then the first girl. Her first name. Perfect. King wasn't interested in boys' names, which was okay. If it was a boy, it would be Jesse, Greg's dad. We skipped drinking, the bachelorette. I insisted on doing some dancing to my music. I'd been practicing some, wanted to show off. Before it got too hard, I was reduced to shuffling my feet in place that I brought some salsa music. I knew King wouldn't have any. She looked alarmed when it started, then confused when I took her hands. Try this. A crossbody lead. We both turn a quarter turn, then back, then the other way, no like this. I'd seen some band downtown, a dance studio showing off, and they'd done this move. I asked the pretty Spanish lady what it was, and she walked me through it, sold me the music.it lets two people look good at the same time, a partner thing. I wanted to do it with Kang, but she was a full foot shorter than me, and quicker, and not used to following. That we kept at it. Kang got it fast, figured out where the style was, made it look very flirty. Kang kept looking at me, I'd catch her staring at my belly, she'd smile, go back to dancing. What? I'm not showing yet. Am I? Crane my neck, pooch my belly in and out. She stopped, turned off the music. Gonna make you a pregnant sexy dress. Yes. It's possible. Well, if it was possible, she was the one to do it. Even more tits to hang the dress from. A belly to show off. But for ages. Greg will so want to put more babies in you. I thought I'd just wear, you know, stretchy knit sleeves or big peasant dresses. So as I grew. Kang looked shocked. You are not going to dress in a potato sack. No knit sleeve. No yoga pants. Well, maybe around the house. When Greg isn't there. I always wanted to make a pregnant party dress. Never get a chance, with my crew. Yeah, not a lot of knocking up goes on in lesbian households. But I'd need a new dress every month. Every week. She nodded, about right. Sure, your tits swell, your butt gets enormous, I'll fix it, or make another one. She was excited about that. Too excited really dot s-o, I guess I was too. I didn't expect Greg and I would, you know, tone it down much, not at first. But there were issues other than tits and butt. Bladder size, for instance. What are you thinking? Not blue jeans. A skirt? How would you hold it up? Glue? She got a light in her eyes, thinking. No glue. She frowned, had to concede. Two-piece? Backless one-shoulder silk straight down one side to a skirt. Then, a frilly boob band, show lots of underboobs since you'll be growing. Leave your belly completely bare, show everybody what you've got. Proud? I was skeptical. One of your skirts? Like a handkerchief, my cooch flashing in every stray breeze? I didn't think I could wear that. What would Greg think? That got a leer. He'll think you want to have his baby again. She rethought though. A band around the bulge skirt hanging from that? No pressure on my bladder. It would be a very short night out. Okay, okay. Hang it from the back, plenty of butt for that. A big oval opening on the front, stiff but not constricted over your bladder. Stuck out and proud. No pressure. You'll gather pregnant fetish guys like flies to honey. Which is all guys, I think. And some of the gals. Not Greg? Oh yes, Greg. He'll want to bang you right up to your delivery date. How did she know that? Well, my big sister knows lots of things. I'll trust her. He'll have to lay off at least at the end. Right. Kang shook her head. No. Vietnamese tradition is sex hurts the baby. Nonsense. Old stories. Makes her stronger. Makes mom happier, so she grows better. Lots of sex. I want a healthy niece. So it's a hurt already? I smiled fondly. We can only hope. I wondered about the baby, counted forward to the due date. The summer. Gonna be a hot last month, Dada thought. What will Phuong think? About a granddaughter. He'll be over the moon. No, I mean, Greg and me, and a baby already. Kang rolled her eyes. Nobody worries about that anymore. Just get married before the baby comes. Better if before you're showing much. Then everybody pretends it was a short-term baby. They'll giggle behind their hands at home, but nobody will be bothered. You got married. Then you had a baby. Everything okay. I blanched. That means get married in a month or two. I thought we'd do it sometime next year. But now, at the latest, in the spring? Is there time? Sure. All we need is some aunties. Get your horoscope done, choose a date. Reserve the hall, tell the community. Fwang will want a monk. The local priest is okay with that. Arrange flowers, dresses. You know, a wedding. Sounded like a lot. All I know about weddings is from movies. They never go well. Kang shook her head. Can't go wrong. You love Greg, right? He loves you, I know that. It's written all over him. The rest is dresses and flowers and gifts simple. A damn hoy, a reception at my house. You'll be here. Greg comes to get you with gifts and boy members of his family. We don't have any of that. No aunties. No uncles or brothers. I was panicking. Kang took me by the shoulders, looked in the face. Sister. Chill. You think nobody ever got married before without brothers? So, we can do it different. Lots of ways to do it. In America, everything is different. Nobody lives in villages. Family comes in many sizes. We can do it any way that works. Greg can bring friends instead of brothers. Anybody who will walk with him. Carry gifts. I wasn't sure, who would that be? He was such a hermit. Kane saw my doubt. Get Trevor to do it. He knows Greg, likes him. He will be honored. Maybe Tito? You two go out, he has connections, makes a special night. Who are those people? Some of them will be glad to help. Okay, okay, that makes sense. He does know people. Lots of people know him. We can do this. Anyway, not our problem. We just tell Greg. He finds them. They show up. None of our business. So what do I tell him? Get some guys, carry some gifts, come get me? She nodded. Pretty much all there is to it. Then they take you home. Brothers tease Greg about sex, about making you a woman. Leave. Then, a ceremony. A reception. Same day, probably. We all go to church, do the deed. The hall is next door. We walk over. Party. Dance. Lots of drinking. That was gonna be a bummer. I wouldn't be able to drink. The baby. A mom has to suck it up, I suppose. Do what needs to be done. Anyway, dancing, if I was still able to. I'd manage somehow. I nodded, following so far. What kind of gifts? For you? For Flom? All gifts are traditional. Beetle nuts. Peach tree. Kumquat tree. Jam. Wine. Liquor. Mushrooms. Greg was so not going to know how to get all that. I would have to help. Only important thing is, an odd number. Wrapped in red. Lucky red. I was getting into this now. Special rules and colors and traditional gifts. This was gonna be fun. I'd never planned a party before. So we'll have to get together, start making lists. Flowers, dresses, cars, decorations. Kang shook her head. Anties do that. Don't take their job away. Important they have something to do. I pouted. I wanted to have fun too. Kang laughed at me. Oh, you're gonna have plenty to do. Dress fittings. Hair. Vietnamese blessing. The ring. Okay, that did sound like fun. How are we gonna find aunties? You don't have any. I don't have any. Greg doesn't have any. We just ask around? Kang considered. I have girlfriends, maybe some of them, but supposed to be older ladies. Their main thing, their place in family, running ceremonies, parties, organizing the community. Important for them. Let me think. I'll come up with aunties. Or do it myself. Oh. You have so much to do, already. Your shop. Fuang. So much work. You shouldn't have to do this too. You don't worry. Just have sex with Greg. Lots. Make my niece big and healthy. And no drinking. No swimming. No bicycles. Curious. What came though were risky activities? Okay, anything to make big sister happy. I agreed. Crossed my heart. So. What color? Traditionally, red or blue. I kind of like blue. You look sick in blue. So red. I'll make a design. Something adjustable. Another job for you. For my sister? Not a job. No trouble at all. I love you, silly. Okay. I love you too, big sister Auntie Kang. We both liked the sound of that dot and no longer was I reluctant to accept gifts of time and kindness. I could say yes. Now, when Kang offered to do something for me, make me a dress and be glad. I'm part of a family now. They all love me, my family is growing, and I'm growing too. She got out a sketchbook, started drawing dresses, astonishing dresses, shocking dresses. I looked through her design books, some mail order publisher sends them to her, she never does anything exactly like in there, but I could get ideas. I'd point at something, she'd sketch it but better, prettier, more style. Smile or shake her head. No room for my niece. Or your tits will be too big. We found one or two that would do, but neither one made our hearts sing. Kang's line, she had all the experience with this stuff. I sat the books down, stretched. Noticed my belly down there, was it actually sticking out just a little bit more? I convinced myself it was, looked a little like I'd been overeating. Remembered. Hey. I'm gonna learn to cook barbecue. Starting tomorrow. Early. Oh the look of pure joy on Kang's face. I told her about Homer, but not when. Let's get you home. Gotta get to bed early. Give Greg a chance to diddle you. Get good sleep. Get up early. I blushed, embarrassed. Kang could be so very raunchy. But please, too. My sister approved of me, of Greg, of our life. But I have to tell Fuang. How? When? About your baby? His great-granddaughter? Come tomorrow night, you tell him then. I'll keep him until six, then he goes to the center, plays cards. Sounded like a plan. Home early. Did Kang want an early start tomorrow? Greg was puttering in the extra bedroom, storing things away, empty now. Making room for baby? Was Greg nesting already? I gave him a kiss, his hands full, made it a good one. Pulled away with a saucy look. I have an early morning, remember? And you're gonna show later, help Homer pack up. Our barbecue deal. He remembered. He was ready. Better hit the hay. I wasn't ready to, he noticed. What? Kang says, to keep the mother happy. To keep the baby growing strong and healthy, you have to do me every night. He considered that, decided he was up to it. Anything for family. He'd do his part. This bed was stripped already, so I led him to ours, tried to pull him down on top of me but the baby he didn't want to lie on me squash me honey i'm made for this you don't have to take any special care just bang me already he wouldn't not this time this one was gonna be careful and gentle new for us and not bad he stripped lay down behind me spooning held me gently stroked my breasts my stomach lingering over my little pooch loving me loving both of us let's get this show on the road i raised one leg reached between to find his growing prick put it where it needed to be took his reach around hand put his palm over my pelvis those fingers right on my clit ready for him already a stiffy dot he figured it out right away began tilting his hips getting a little of himself into me out and some more gently massaging my sex from the front dot it was bliss head to toe contact progressively deeper violation of my body distracting throbs from my clit just fast enough to keep my interest growing just slow enough to make me want more anticipate the next pulse dot he kept it up like a machine in no hurry glad to be of service further inside each time adjusting his hips as needed to feed more of that glorious cock into me hit bottom pretty soon i was swelled up in there well he'll have to adapt Maybe I'll suck him down later, let him feel my throat as a proxy for full-bore fucking, spend his cum in me from the other end, until then I relaxed, placed myself completely at his disposal, at his mercy, and merciful he was, moving so I would have constant stimulation, holding me ever so thoroughly, never mind the sex, his arms around me held me just right, support just where it felt best, felt right, felt safe. He could see just what to do, and it happened, it had never happened before. Just as I was coming, so gently, comfortable, contented, secure, I drifted off to sleep, Tuesday Jillian. Salt and pepper, of course. Lots of it. Homer ignored that, unpacking boxes. Cumin, cinnamon, cayenne. Homer nodded, satisfied so far. I'd help set up, wrangle the tables out of his rusty old truck, haul coolers and crates from the cab. But he had a towel over his box of spices, wouldn't let me peek until I passed my apprentice's test. Which was, name four spices he used in his brisket rub. I was sure of three. Salt and pepper didn't count, every smoked meat used those, to make a crust, not what he meant by spices. Homer was famous around here for his brisket, sometimes pork, set up every Tuesday early, sold the result at lunchtime, Packed up when he sold out or ran out of customers. He never ran out of customers. It was his spice mix he credited with his success. That I had one spice to go. I messed this up. He said he'd send me packing. While I stressed, he was ripping open a bag of charcoal, loading the burner, spreading it evenly. Pork was easy. You just use cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, ginger. Same stuff as pumpkin spice mix. You could just as well call your morning drink a pork roast spice latte. But brisket was beef. Lots of disagreement here. Lots of recipes. That I tasted a sample. It was complex. Those three spice that I'd mentioned jumped out at you but then it developed, something richer coming out, and greener. Something that called to me, strummed a chord in me I had to step up. A guess was better than nothing. Coffee? I'd used coffee before, in sauces. Popular down south, and Homer was definitely a southern-raised cook. He was fooling with the damper, back turned, but when he leaned to pull a chain, I saw a grin. Did I pass? Curly! You the first to get that one, ever! Folks come to me, they guess chicory, walnut, coconut. It's Sanka. Coffee crystals. Use it in the rub, get a big blast right off. Then in that spray bottle. Gotta keep brisket wet, more flavor. Relief. Don't know what I'd have done if he'd refused to let me help. Kang would have never let me forget it. He whipped the towel off the spice crate, showed me. What I'd guessed, and one more? File powder made from sassafras. You don't know that one, Choctaw, they use it in gumbo. He said it feel I, and it must be the green sensation at the end. Earthy. He was done unpacking, ready to prepare the meat, start the fire. Face me, hands on hips. Here's how we do it. No yammering. I got a job to do, answering fool questions, don't put money in my pocket. Watch all you like. You go to make your own brisket, you gotta make it your own. Figure out what you want, do that. Not just the same's me. I nodded like a puppet on a string, ready to agree to anything. No notes. Nothing wrote. Barbecue is all in your head. You'll know when you smell it. That's how I've always cooked. Recipes were often wrong. I used my good sense when doing anything complicated that I just had an hour and a half, an hour left now, then I'm due at work. I'll do what I can, in silence. Watched him trim the brisket. He gave me the knife. Watched me do one. Left me to it. Went to fool with the fire dot. I got them all done. He was mixing spices. Pouring from the giant big box store bottles into an old, dented saucepan. Eyeballing it. Near as I could tell two parts cumin. One part cinnamon. One part cayenne. Then a whole small jar of Sanka crystals. Full octane. No dekoff. Mixed it around with his hands. Rubbing the spices together with his bare fingers. Getting them really finely blended. Not happy until it was a uniform brown powder. Must sting like the blazes. That cayenne. No gloves, hands must be numb from years of mixing. He set me to rubbing salt, pepper into a brisket, handed over to him, he worked the spice mix in. The file went on last, just a sprinkle, not enough to mean business, but just add some green scent. We got them all done in record time, the fire wasn't ready. The grease clouded thermometer built into the hood was 20 degrees shy of the minimum 225. He plopped down in a busted ass lawn chair, the kind with nylon webbing, half of the webs tattered and hanging down. Nodded I should sit too on the tailgate of his truck, a spot that wasn't ragged rust holes. We're gonna talk meats cuts. Restin'. Tim and smoke. Why trim? What to trim? Water spray. Gotta keep it wet. Dry brisket is tough, nobody wants that. Gotta spray, put a water tray in the top, keep it damp in there. The spray was water, sugar, vinegar, more coffee crystals, just enough to make it brown. I mixed that, he wasn't too particular, long as it was wet. He continued talking. Lot of cooks, they talk beef or pork. Not much different spices, thick or thin. Different time. No chicken. Too small. Too much bone. Dry. Not enough flavor. More trouble and it's worth. Gator, snake if you got some, can't get around here. Folks too timid to try snake anyway, up here. No drink. He had a corner store quart bottle of sweet tea, cracked it, sipped. Plenty of time to sit, at this job. More than one cook taken down by drink. Sweet tea time. Wait for the smell, you can always tell. I checked the hood. Nearly there, he capped his tea, put it back in an ice cooler. Heaved out of his chair, had me carry the brisket one at a time, in a foil tray, so he could load it. Slammed the hood when we were done, sat again. I admitted, this was the happiest I'd been, cooking, in years. It must have showed. Curly, you're not a bad sort. Got what it takes to be a barbecue cook. You can come all day, not just set up. Come fall? Good. Um, thanks. I appreciate your strength and attitude. That cost him something to say. I accepted his praise gravely, told him I'd come every Tuesday, until close to the baby due date. That got a smile from him. But he didn't comment. Greg will come later today, to tear down. Least he can do. It's for him after all. You just named the time. Homer was amused. I got another little smile. I think he was touched. Nobody has helped him but Greg in, probably, forever. I had to go, said goodbye, and see you next week, and headed out on foot, thought about brisket, trim, spice, and time all the way to work. I got in the door, a quarter till, time to spare. Kelly was hanging up her coat, wrinkled her nose. What is that smell? Grease? Smoke? I laughed. Have to figure out what to do about that. I kind of like the smell.